Hello, you're listening to a Zen Studies Society podcast. To learn more about our community of Zen Buddhist practitioners, please visit zenstudies.org. Good morning. I will be continuing my talks on Bodhidharma's wake-up sermon. Reality has no high or low. If you see high or low, it isn't real. A raft isn't real, but a passenger raft is. A person who rides such a raft can cross that which isn't real. That's why it's real. Mortality and Buddhahood are like water and ice. To be afflicted by the three poisons is mortality. To be purified by the three releases is Buddhahood. That which freezes into ice in winter melts into water in summer. Eliminate ice and there's no water. Get rid of mortality and there's no Buddhahood. Clearly the nature of ice is the nature of water. And the nature of water is the nature of ice. And the nature of mortality is the nature of Buddhahood. Mortality and Buddhahood share the same nature, just as Wuto and Futsu share the same root, but not the same season. It's only because of the delusion of differences that we have the words mortality and Buddhahood. When a snake becomes a dragon, it doesn't change its scales. And when a mortal becomes a sage, she doesn't change her face. She knows her mind through internal wisdom and takes care of her body through external discipline. Mortals liberate Buddhas and Buddhas liberate mortals. This is what's meant by impartiality. Mortals liberate Buddhas because affliction creates awareness. And Buddhas liberate mortals because awareness negates affliction. There can't help but be affliction. And there can't help but be awareness. If it weren't for affliction, there would be nothing to create awareness. And if it weren't for awareness, there would be nothing to negate affliction. When you're deluded, Buddhas liberate mortals. When you're aware, mortals liberate Buddhas. Buddhas don't become Buddhas on their own. They're liberated by mortals. 
Buddhas regard delusion as their father and greed as their mother. Delusion and greed are different names for mortality. Delusion and mortality are like the left hand and the right hand. There's no other difference. So as always with Bodhidharma, we have much more to say and ponder and contemplate and digest than perhaps we have time or the inclination to do so. This is just three paragraphs from his wake up sermon. And I doubt very much that I will get through all three. The first paragraph by itself and even the first sentence by itself is more than enough to contemplate for half an hour. Reality has no high or low. Reality has no high or low. This is so provocative a statement and so different from our normal everyday experience. Reality has no high or low. Reality in this sense is absolute. It's the same sense in which when we recite the Bodhisattva's vow, we say, when I, a student of Dharma, look at the real form of the universe, all is the never failing manifestation of the mysterious truth of Tathagata. Tathagata meaning suchness, meaning as it isness, meaning reality without judgment, without self reference, without likes and dislikes. Reality in this sense has no high or low. When we think that there is a high or a low, that is self-referential. It is limited, a limited and prejudiced viewpoint, which can be explained by the fact that it is our typical viewpoint. We navigate the world based on what seems best 
for us, what makes us the most comfortable, the most successful, the most this or that, whatever it is that you value. And of course, when we look back on our lives, we realize how limited this viewpoint is because so often the pivotal moments of our life, the moments that shape us, that make us the person that we are, are the so-called low points, not the high points, the moments that awakened our understanding of how the world functions and how we function in it, the moments that awakened in us compassion, concern for others, And when we look back, those moments that at the time may have seemed so challenging and so desperate, are given a kind of glow, a kind of meaning that at the moment that we were experiencing them, we may not have been able to see. If you see high or low, Bodhidharma says, it isn't real. It's just your limited viewpoint. A raft isn't real. This is Bodhidharma. Referencing the Diamond Sutra. In the Diamond Sutra, Shakyamuni Buddha says that his teachings are like a raft to bring suffering humanity to the other shore. And once the other shore is realized, the raft is no longer necessary. The raft is just a skillful means The raft has no significance in and of itself. All of the teachings of Buddha, the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, every word spoken by the Buddha and every word spoken by Bodhidharma and every word spoken by all of the ancestors and by Shinge Roshi and by Chigan Roshi and by me have no significance whatsoever, except that they may spur an appreciation of reality. A raft isn't real, but a passenger raft is, Bodhidharma says. In other words, 
the teachings may have no significance in and of themselves. They may just be a skillful method of prodding you. And yet, these teachings which have no significance of their own can carry a person across that which isn't real. We use unreality to cross unreality. That which isn't real, our delusions, our preferences. The three poisons. All of these can be crossed using this passenger raft, the teachings. We can use that which isn't real to navigate that which isn't real. That's why it's real. Mortality and Buddhahood are like water and ice. Of course, we've heard the same metaphor in Hakuin Zenji's The Song of Zazen. Sentient beings are primarily all Buddhas. It is like ice and water. All of us. Water and ice, mortals and sages. To be afflicted by the three poisons is mortality. Greed, anger, delusion, grasping, aversion, ignorance. These are the elements of mortality. To be purified by the three releases is Buddhahood. The three releases, loving kindness, generosity, compassion, realization. Prajna. To be purified by the three releases is Buddhahood. To sit in Zazen without moving is Buddhahood. To recognize in ourselves love and compassion to recognize in each other the need of love and compassion to share realization is buddhahood that which freezes into ice in winter melts into water in summer 
And that which freezes is our nature. And through practice, we melt the frozen, hard, jagged edges into the free moving, sinuous expansion of water. Eliminate ice and there's no water. Get rid of mortality and there's no Buddhahood. Clearly the nature of ice is the nature of water. When you are praying deep in your heart to be released from suffering, to be released from this limited life that we have, this is a kind of delusion. Without this body that is prone to decay, without this mind and its limitations, there is no field for Buddhahood to flower. Mortality and Buddhahood share the same nature, just as Uto and Futsu share the same root, but not the same season. So, not being a Chinese herbalist, I am not that familiar with Uto and Futsu. So I had to look it up. Wuto and Putsu are in English referred to as the plant aconitum or aconite, which has a number of um, names, more common names, wolfsbane or monkshood. It's a beautiful, beautiful plant, it has gorgeous flowers most commonly blue or purple, but there are many, many species and they have many different colors. The flowers are similar to um, the digitalis flower. And like the digitalis flower, the wolfsbane monkshood or aconitum is a poison. And yet it is also used in medicine. It's a neurotoxin. The root has a very powerful neurotoxin, which can be used to poison people or animals. The Eskimos use aconitum to make a poison that can stop a whale from breathing. And so when they go whale hunting, they put it on their harpoons. 
and yet it's also used in Ayurvedic medicine. So a very good metaphor for mortality and Buddhahood. On the one hand, we have the three poisons. On the other hand, the three releases. Mortality and Buddhahood share the same nature, just as Wuktu and Futsu share the same root, but not the same season. It's only because of the delusion of differences that we have the words mortality and Buddhahood. When a snake becomes a dragon, it doesn't change its scales. And when a mortal becomes a sage, she doesn't change her face. She knows her mind through internal wisdom and takes care of her body through external discipline. All of the people that we meet have the same nature of Buddhahood. You can't tell by looking at a person's face the wisdom that they carry inside. To know your mind through internal wisdom is the practice of Zazen, the practice of opening one's heart and one's mind and taking care of the body through external discipline. is our daily practice. Of course, he's probably also including in that external discipline, disciplines such as yoga, qigong, kung fu, kendo, karate. the discipline of sitting up straight, the discipline of eating well and not too much. Mortals liberate Buddhas and Buddhas liberate mortals. This is what's meant by impartiality. Mortals liberate Buddhas because affliction creates awareness. It goes back to the very beginning when he says reality has no high or low. What we think of as high or low isn't real. 
what we think of as low may be an affliction. But that affliction is necessary. The difficulty of daily life, the difficulty of our life situation. is what allows us to develop the paramitas, patience, perseverance, generosity. Affliction may have various effects on our heart. If we hold tightly to it, it may poison us, just as the neurotoxin of Wolfsbane can poison us. But if we hold it gently and tenderly and let it crack open, our hearts, it may act as a medicine, and just as the wolfsbane may be used in Ayurvedic medicine. An affliction may serve to open our hearts, to allow us to grow in compassion, to grow in feeling and understanding, not just of our own situation, but of all the other souls who come into contact with us. If it weren't for affliction, there would be nothing to create awareness. There can't help but be affliction and there can't help but be awareness. The nature of reality includes dukkha. The nature of reality includes impermanence and non-self. There can't help but be affliction. And there can't help but be awareness. If not for affliction, no awareness. And if not for awareness, affliction is meaningless. If it weren't for awareness, there's nothing to negate affliction. If not for 
the three releases, the three poisons just sink deeper and deeper into our marrow. When you're diluted, Buddhas liberate mortals. When you're diluted, you want someone or something to come along and save you. You're convinced that there's something that you need saving from. When you're aware, mortals liberate Buddhas. Your mortality, your affliction is what allows you, what impels you, what implores you to Buddhahood, to awareness to openness, to clarity, to compassion, to love. Buddhas don't become Buddhas on their own. They're liberated by mortals. You sitting being with the breath, being aware, opening your heart, or liberating Buddhas. Delusion and greed. Buddhas regard delusion as their father and greed as their mother. Delusion and greed are different names for mortality. Delusion and mortality are like the left hand and the right hand. There's no other difference. Again, Bodhidharma's wake up sermon and the other texts that we have from Bodhidharma are so very rich, so very provocative. They are one more raft that we can use to navigate that which isn't real. And perhaps that would be a good point to stop and open up to discussion. This morning, when I woke up and went out to get the newspaper at the end of my driveway, the 
cold temperatures overnight had caused frost to form on the grass and all the leaves that had littered my lawn. And it was an absolutely stunning, gorgeous, beautiful sight. The fragility and magnificent impermanence of that frost shining in the morning sun. But the newspaper hadn't arrived yet. And so I walked back up the long driveway to my house. And when I came back an hour later to retrieve the newspaper, the frost had all melted. And all of that beauty vanished in the morning sun. And of course, I thought of the text for today, the ice and water. This has been a Zen Study Society podcast. If you found it to be of interest, please consider making a donation by visiting zenstudies.org donate. Thank you for listening.